0: Life audio. If you have bought a signed author copy from my website of the Sheeters Bible Study, you will see an inscription that I write in the beginning of all of them because it's probably one of the most impactful things that I learned personally that has changed my life. It says, The Master has come and he calls for you. And this week we talk about this concept of how in the middle of Mary's sorrow and grief, Jesus comes and he calls her to himself. And so it's this concept of in the middle of our grief, the master has come and he calls for you. In the middle of your sorrow, in the middle of your pain, in the middle of your anger, in the middle of your mess, Jesus comes and he calls for you. It is one of the most beautiful pictures we see in this passage. And we're going to dive into this a little bit more today. This is the wrap-up of the week of Mary, sister to Martha, that we studied in the She Hears Bible study. Stay tuned. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what He says in His Word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach, and I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with Him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand His will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hi friends. Today we are continuing our She Hears Bible study by looking through the lens of chapter 5, which was Mary, sister to Martha. And like I had said last week, I originally wrote this as one larger study, but just two, two parts, and it was so long I had to, you know, break it into two. So while I think it is definitely important to hone in on the passage of scripture that we're talking about this week, I also want to look at a little bit of the portion from last week's study and how it relates to the foundational aspects of what we're going to study this week. So in saying that, I'm going to go ahead and read the first passage of scripture that we looked at where um, we kind of just remember who we're talking about in this scenario. Now, as they were traveling along, he entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. And she had a sister called Mary, who was also seated at the Lord's feet and was listening to his word. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations, and she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do the serving by myself? Then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things, but only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. I think it's important to address this because I often have been in a situation where I've heard this text Uh, preached or taught where Mary gets a bad rap and to be perfectly honest in times in my own life when I have read this I always side with Martha because I'm a Martha and I always just think okay Mary this is a story about two sisters and okay but um, Mary was um, if we think about who Mary was and the behavior that she was exhibiting I think it helps us understand her in a little bit different way we, and this is, a lot of this is fleshed out in the book. So if you want information uh, or more information on any of this, please pick up a copy. But we have to remember what uh, being seated at the, at the feet of a rabbi meant in that culture. Um, That phrase, the phrase sit at the feet really meant to be a disciple of someone. And so we see other examples of this in scripture. In fact, Paul sat at the feet of Gamaliel and um, we go through that in the book and, and kind of talk about that a little bit more. But in all honesty, Mary was a disciple. And so her sitting at the feet of a, of Jesus was evidence that she was one of his disciples. And... I think we sometimes forget um, there's elements in that culture that are different than what we've experienced. And it's easy to overlook that. But if we think about how Mary was being obedient to um, the teachings of the rabbi, it wasn't she, she was just being lazy or not wanting to help her sister. She was really trying to be obedient to what she had been taught to do the other part of, of, um, what we studied last week was in the story of Lazarus. And I'm not going to read that right now because it's pretty long, but in the story of Lazarus, when Mary responded, so Lazarus has died. Jesus has waited four days to come back to Bethany. Um, Mary responded by, uh, I could just see her her hot temper. that's how I imagine it. It's not that scripture says that it's just how I I imagine it. Marching out to to confront Jesus and they had that kind of relationship where she felt comfortable confronting him um, and questioning him. Mary responded differently. Mary responded by staying seated. On the floor of her home and um, we touch on this a couple different times throughout the study but in that culture there's something called sitting Shiva and so sitting Shiva meant that she would sit on the floor of her home for a week sometimes up to two weeks in grief of her brother and so if we think about this in terms of how she was a disciple a student of a Jewish rabbi at the time and she knew that to be a Jewish cultural and religious practice in all likelihood, she was doing that because she felt like that's where she needed to stay in response to her posture as a disciple. Now, the interesting that we thing that we see is that in her grief, Jesus comes to her where she's at, and um, I say this over and over again because I think this is such a, such a beautiful picture that we see from Scripture. In all of Scripture, I think this is one of the most beautiful things. Um, where, where Martha says to Mary, "The Master is come, and He calleth for thee." I like that in the King James version, but but as we go through it, the Master has come and He calls for you. And I think back through times in my own life when I have been in my grief, whether it was the failed adoption I mentioned in the 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 study, and I think last week's video, or I've lost both of my grandparents who. Um, raised me in a short period of time. So just that feeling of being orphaned, um, you know, it was a very heavy season of grief for me. There's been different times where I have walked through grief and I have, maybe I wasn't sitting on the floor of my home, but I was in my bed and I was in my bed with the covers over my head and I would do the bare minimum of what I had to do for my kids or work or whatever it was. But my, uh, primary place I wanted to be was in my bed, just in my own little cocoon, in my own grief. And, um, I remember just this season of feeling just so overwhelmed with my emotions. And it was in that season that, that Jesus came and he met me right where I was. And so that's this picture that I see. I want to read just a couple lines from the book. It says, um, in your grief, the master has come and he calls for you. In your pain, the master has come and he calls for you. In your doubt, the master has come and he calls for you. In your fear, the master has come and he calls for you. In your anger, the master has come and he calls for you. In your anxiety, the master has come and he calls for you. And you know, in all honesty, that list could go on and on. In your religion, The master has come and he calls for you because think through Mary in her religion was sitting on the floor of her home, sitting Shiva and really compelled to stay there because of the law. Okay. We're going to take a quick break right here. And when we come back, we'll continue our conversation about what it means when Jesus seeks us out and calls us to him. Stay tuned. But what we see is Jesus coming to that place where he supersedes all else and he comes to find us where we are and he calls us to come with him. I think that is a powerful word that we need to be sharing with others, especially in this season where we have just walked through this shared trauma of pandemic life. We have, um, You know, people have lost jobs and lost businesses and lost um, family members. There's a lot of sorrow, a lot of heartache, a lot of heartbreak that that we're walking through. But ultimately, isn't that the reality of life? The reality of life is that if we're having a good season, um, we all face those hard seasons. And so in those moments where we are surrounded by people that are hurting in their anxiety, in their pain, in their depression, in their grief, in their sorrow, We need to be that sister that says to them, Hey sis, in your grief, the master has come and he calls for you. Those are some powerful words that I think if we carry through in our relationships can really make an eternal impact, an eternal difference as we point each other back to Christ. So now we're going to get into the primary text for this week and I'm going to go ahead and read it. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead, Here, a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected, "'Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor?' It was a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief and a keeper of the money bag, and he used to help himself to what was put into it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Now, I think it's important to point out, um, sometimes what happens in this story is we lump it together with another story. Um, the Gospels are called Synoptic Gospels. So that Matthew, Mark, and John—I'm sorry, Matthew, Mark, and Luke—are called Synoptic Gospels. And John's Gospel is a little bit different than the Synoptic Gospels. But what you will see is all four Gospels have a similar story because the story feels familiar to us. And because this action of anointing feet is kind of unfamiliar to us, we have a tendency to lump them all together. And in the book, we go through scripture by scripture, and we show and we point out how these were two different scenarios. And so there is a scene where a sinful woman washes the feet of Jesus with her hair. And then there's this scene where Mary washes Jesus's feet with the oil, with the pure nard. I wanted to make sure that we we distinguish between the two because Mary is not a sinful woman. This is not the sinful woman that sometimes is referred to, and sometimes you will hear, will hear it taught that way. But that is not the truth. The truth is um, in the in the scriptures. If you go back read the scriptures for yourself. Don't even take my word for it. That's why we do that in in the book where I point you back to the scripture itself. Read the scriptures for yourself. Don't take anything at face value. Make sure that when you're being taught, um, you're understanding what the scriptures you're being taught from. But, But Mary is not, we're establishing that now. Mary is not the sinful woman. This is Mary, sister of Martha, sister to Lazarus. Okay, friends, we're actually gonna end that there for today and we will pick up the rest of this conversation tomorrow. Stay tuned. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call on your life,